how do we communicate? And we, we have this need in us as human beings for a need to be together and a need to physically communicate with people, not just verbally. Now this is gonna sound hilarious, but here, I'm gonna tell a little story. So. Hey guys, and welcome to season two, episode two of the Dwelling Logs podcast. I am Bonnie. I am a Jesus lover, farmer's wife, second generation homeschooling mom. That means I was homeschooled from K to 12. And I have three kids and I started Dwelling Logs to share things from my life and my heart that will encourage and help other moms and help facilitate the foundational building blocks for our home, kids, our parenting, and a heavy emphasis on homeschooling as well. In today's episode, I want to talk about a little pickle that we have nowadays that is just really, really heavy on my mind. Um, So basically, what I have been thinking about lately is the impact that just our generation and our communication that we have nowadays is impacting not only us, but also our children. So I am a millennial, I'm 31, I was born in 1988, and uh, our kids are, I think it's generation alpha is basically what my kids are. And I've just been, you know, thinking a lot about statistics on suicide rates, depression rates, um, not just for our kids' generation, but for us and how that compares and what we need to do as parents going forward. And I think this is a super relevant topic. I think it's a super concerning topic. So while I wipe down my kitchen counters and table, I am going to just chit chat about it. So I did a little bit of research into depression and suicide rates in, in North America. And apparently, like I think it's all very well known that suicide rates for millennials has increased as compared to our generations before us. So we are a generation that is supposedly more depressed, um, suicide rates are higher, there's a lot of blame on social media for that reason, there's blame on uh, you know us being a privileged generation, all that stuff. There's so much on you know what's wrong with millennials and it's not our fault and everything's handed to us and maybe it's because our parents were the end of the baby boomers. Anyways, I'm not going to go into maybe all of that, um, but also as I was doing my research, so our our rate it, it has gone up. It's interesting though because I did read one article that said that our kids' generation, generation alpha, and maybe the one even before that, I think it was generation Z, um, they their depression rates are actually not quite as low as ours. So that was really interesting to me. So there may be something in our generation as millennials going from the way things used to be to uh, and having that transition kind of in the middle of our lives to how we communicate now and phones and social media and different ways of communicating with people we've had kind of like a bit of a shock in our lives that has taken us back a step and we've had to adapt whereas our kids this is my own theory our kids have grown up with screens and this new communication, maybe they're not quite as highly impacted as us, but that said, they are still very impacted. The depression rates, even for young kids, is crazy. The the highest rated amount of depression is for women or females between the age of 20 and 24. That's the highest. 
but it's also high in the ages just after that and just before that as well. But that's kind of the peak of, of the depression and suicide rates is right in there. For some reason, you know, females are more susceptible to males, but even on the male side, that age range is still the peak age range, but it's amazing what the statistics are and how many thousands of kids are depressed and they're like under 10. It's just crazy. So anyway, as I'm just thinking about this, I'm thinking about how do we communicate? And we, we have this need in us as human beings for a need to be together and a need to physically communicate with people, not just verbally. Now this is going to sound hilarious, but here, I'm going to tell a little story. So I've been uh, watching a television show and it's kind of high school drama-ish, whatever. It's not mature enough to be watching, but, <laughs> but I've been watching it lately and something occurred to me in this show. So this is a Hollywood show. It's not real life, but as I'm watching it, there's these characters in the television show that are high school students and it's like when someone gets hurt and goes to the hospital all of a sudden like their friends like all go to the hospital and check on them and see how they're doing or their dad goes to the hospital and so all the friends come over when the dad comes home and it's like is everybody okay like does anyone need support you need to talk and like there's all this drama in this hollywood movie scenario and i'm watching it and i'm thinking yeah right when something bad happens to someone we don't go over to their house now this was a television show that was very popular in just the turn of the century like the 2000s early 2000s and so it's like in this in the show there's like people with flip phones and not everybody has a phone so that's the that's the era that we're dealing with here and it's really interesting because i was watching the show and i'm like that's not how we communicate in real life and then i was like wait a minute in 2001 that's how we did communicate. If, if my, my friend had just gotten home from even like their vacation, like if their family went on vacation and they were home, I'm coming over. I might call before I come over or I might just come over to their house and be like, hey, what's up? Or if I'm having a bad day, I might actually just go drop by a friend's and say like, hey, like wanna hang out a little bit, maybe we'll talk, maybe we'll hang out after, whatever. And so I was like just really struck by this just epiphany of like, oh, that isn't how we communicate now, but it used to be and not even that long ago. And so I started thinking about the benefits of communicating in that way and in person. And here's what I find. What happens is if when you are, or when we are depressed or we have something in our lives that is a struggle, even a joy, I think this could apply to like things that are exciting too. But if we have something significant in our lives, we have a desire to share that with friends. If you're an introvert, it might just be a friend or two. If you're an extrovert, you want to share it with the world. But regardless, you want to share it with friends. So we used to get to go over to someone's house or see someone in person, talk to them about it, and they would work, it, work through it. They'd let us share. And then, for example, if you went over to someone's house, you may spend five minutes sharing your problems, and then you get that listening ear, you get a hug, and then you don't just go home again, you usually are like hung out, like, hey, you wanna stay and like, we'll watch a movie or we'll go outside and skip rope or whatever. I was like 11 in 2000 and, no, what was I? I was, I was 13 in year 2000. Anyways, and so whatever 13 year olds do, we might do something afterwards that's together. And that, my friends, takes away the loneliness when you are in 
and having those bad days. What happens today, if the exact same scenario happened today, you'd be feeling like you really need to talk to a friend, you'd go online or go to your phone, you'd text your best friend or you'd message your best friend and they'd be like, oh, they'd be there for you, they'd be text messaging back, maybe even a video chat so that they could really look into your eyes. You talk about your problem, you, whatever that means, whether they have something good to say or whether they're just a listener, and then you end the call or you put your phone away and that's it. And then you are left with the rest of the day or the evening or the afternoon or whatever it is on your own. And that's huge. That's such a lonely feeling. Even it was so good that you got to talk to somebody if you have those friends, but you don't have someone to just be with when you just simply, after you get it off your chest, need to be with someone. And I feel like that is huge because it's that lonely feeling that just depression just clings to, just clings to like a magnet. So coming from that and, and thinking about all these things, I'm thinking about my kids' friendships. So I've had a taste of that. I can remember days like that. I don't have that now. As an adult, I am in that world where if I really had a bad day, I probably wouldn't go to someone's house. I would text them, I'd message them, I might phone my mom, do something on the phone like that, and then hang up and it's ending. And then I have the rest of the evening to stew about my problems. I either have to be strong enough to get over it and think about something else, or I just sit there and I get depressed. And so thinking about my kids' friendships, and I'm thinking, I don't really want them to miss out on the opportunity to have friends that they can actually just hang out with. I don't want my kids to have a bad day, go talk to their friends about it online, and then just sit and be lonely and frustrated and depressed all evening. Um, and I can't expect and just assume that they're gonna be strong enough to just think about something different. Also, some changes with our kids. When I was a kid, we, we had a phone. So a phone isn't as good as, as in person, but I could phone my, I used to phone my friend in, uh, like of the pro, a couple province, provinces over, a couple provinces over, and we would talk for hours because she had a landline, I had a landline, and we would just chit chat it up. Now, we just have cell phones. Like, I have my phone, my husband has his phone. If the kids wanted to phone a friend, they're gonna have to borrow my phone. And our phone is such a big part of our lives that if they're talking on it for two hours, I'm gonna be like, uh, excuse me, I would really like my phone back. Like, maybe I'm hearing notifications. Who knows, we're glued to our phones. So there's gonna be this underlying frustration if our kids are on it for hours and hours, never mind that our kid's friend is going to have to have access to a phone in order to actually talk online or on, on a phone. So phones are pretty much, phone communication with child friendships before they're old enough for their own cell phone is pretty much obsolete, it's gone. The other change, and I was talking about this with my sister, she's the one who mentioned the phone thing to me, I was like, yeah, that's right. Um, the other thing that we were talking about is that nowadays, how often do our kids play with their friends without school or without a play date. When is the last time that we had our kids just organically go and play? Do kids anymore go around to the, you know, four square blocks in their neighborhood, bang on every door with any kids and say, hey, let's go kick the can, play kick the can in the park for the summer evening or whatever. Does that even happen anymore? It doesn't in my world. I mean, we're in the country, so it's a little harder for me to imagine what that was like, but 
in town and stuff, that's where I grew up. Like we would just every evening after school, after homework's done, whoever's free, get out to the playground. Let's go hang out. Let's go play. Let's go be together. None of this playdate stuff. I, I don't remember very many playdates growing up, but now it seems like you can't get your kid to play with someone else's kids without a playdate. Plus there's all this safety stuff and everybody's cautious about strangers and stuff, which is great. But what, what, what happens to, to our kids' friendships and their time together when we take away that organic way of just being able to be with other people? And I think what we're doing is we're going to raise children who feel like they can't impose on other people's lives unless they make arrangements first. And that's really scary too, because when you're lonely and you're depressed, you, and, you, and you feel like you're gonna impose on someone, you're not going to do it. You're gonna feel sorry for yourself and stay in your little lonely state. So I don't even know, I don't even know what the solution is here, but this is a problem and I don't want my kids to live in that world. I want my kids to have that friend that's like, I'm going over there and I'm gonna hang out for the evening because I need people right now. You know, and I want my, kids to have friends that are raised in a similar way so that they would welcome that and say yeah like come over come hang out whatever like drop by anytime it's really really interesting um just how how things have just changed in a in a very simple almost sneaky way like it's almost like we don't even notice it but that that whole dynamic of hanging out with your friends is completely different than it used to be and what about genuine friends? Like with all the online stuff, like you don't even know who your friends are, if they're really your friend, or if they're only your friend when you have the most fun thing to do, you know? There's so many people now, and it's very just common in young people, and, and even millennials, in my generation too, you totally drop friends when a, a different friend with a better plan comes along. Oh, sorry, can't. And best part is, you don't even have to talk to them in person. You can just text them a message. Hey, something came up. Change of plans. You don't have any face-to-face -face accountability if you don't want it. <laughs> and I just don't want my kids to grow up in that world. I want them to have genuine friends who genuinely care, who genuinely want to be with them. Like, what is the solution? I think that the only hope is if we can find, if my kids can find friends who have like-minded parents, who have that open home, open arms, true friendship feel. So I'm doing this podcast and a little bit of just my awareness and epiphany of like, oh my goodness, this is like what my kids are being raised in, as well as like, I hope that this can go on, that, that other parents can start thinking about this so that I, I have kids who can find friends who who are willing to hang out with them in sort of an old-fashioned kind of way and hopefully that can eliminate some of the structure around hanging out and make it more organic and hopefully that can eliminate some of the loneliness that comes in our generation and then therefore eliminate depression eliminate suicide and I'm not saying that everything always goes that extreme but it's prevalent it's just here it's you can't ignore it it's just crazy and the cool thing as i'm thinking about this and i'm thinking as a mom as a mother bear and i'm passionate because it's my own kids the cool thing is i can sit back and i can say okay 
this is me, I'm a millennial, I feel like I'm imposing when I go to a friend's house, but one of the solutions I think that we can practically apply is as, not just as millennials, but as the parents of these kids that we we're hoping will, will grow up differently and have really genuine friendships, we can start giving them an example of how to do friendship. We can break the mold. And if we can show our kids how to break the mold, how to actually be with our friends, how to ditch the phones and the messages all the time and actually take time to pop in and hang out and be with people, then our kids will learn how to do it. I know it's so tempting for me to teach my kids so much and not actually do it. Oh, I hope this for you. Oh, I'm just gonna make good discipline for you and explain things and whatever and it's really really hard sometimes for me to actually show them no this is how it's done and so i think the challenge is for us as parents especially of young kids is for us to show it us to model it we have to model that that relationship with our friends that is real and genuine and organic unstructured they're in person physical people face to face you know, as much as we can. I'm not anti-phone, I'm not anti-screen time, I'm not anti-text, but we really can't let that replace those times when we really just need to sit down and be with people and eliminate the loneliness and to, to have friends who are willing to do that, who are willing to give up their evenings for us. And we need to be willing to give up our evenings for some other friend who needs to come and hang out. I think that there's, there's part of this generation where we are so consumed with making sure we have friends and we don't lose them and we don't wanna use them too much. Like I'm a people pleaser, so I don't wanna impose too much on my friends because I don't wanna lose them. I don't wanna seem inconvenient. I wanna be that fun, easy friend that they wanna be with when they wanna be with them. And it makes me draw, like pull away when I need something. And I need to change that because when my kids need something, I want them to have the confidence to go and call a friend and to go hang out with them so anyway that is my little topic this morning or this morning this evening <laughs> whenever whenever you're listening to this my counters are clean now so i'm going to wrap it up thank you for listening i have uh, another season season one of my podcast is still on my website i'm going to leave it up for a little bit longer i'm not sure where i'm going to start all these podcasts but Thanks again for listening today and I hope that you join me again next time for another topic. Have a great homeschool week and we'll catch you next time. Have a great homeschool week and we'll catch you next time.